Guys, we are in week two of our series called God Is. And over the next four weeks, starting last week, we're going to talk about characteristics of God. What God is really like. And last week we talked about this idea that God is present. That God is everywhere. That there's not a place that you can go. There's not a thing that you can do. There's not a place that you can hide where God isn't already there. We talked about this idea last week of hide and seek. We talked about the fact that God isn't good at hiding. That God is doing things in and around you all the time. He is showing his cards. He is saying, look at me. And maybe the problem is, is that we aren't able to see the things that he's doing. Maybe the problem is with us. Maybe we're keeping God at an arm's length. Maybe we don't want him to actually come in and do the things he wants to do in our lives. Maybe you're here tonight and you haven't even decided if there is a God, let alone if you want him to be a part of your life. And so over the next few weeks, as we continue to talk about God's characteristics, I hope that we're not just talking about a God that lives out there and things about him, but the way in which God's characteristics actually affect our lives. That what he is really like actually has an effect on who we are and the way we live our lives. And so tonight, we are going to talk about the fact that God is love. I love going to America How many of you like going to America? There's something magical about going across the 49th parallel that makes me feel like I'm in another country. I mean, I know I'm in another country, but the fact that I drive 30 minutes, and I sit in a border lineup, and I talk to the border guard, and then I start to drive away, really makes me feel like I'm in a different world, a different place. The sights are kind of the same, The smells are kind of the same. Things look pretty much the same, but there are things that are different. And then this magical, wonderful land called America, there is this one special place that I love to go. It is the best store in the entire world, and it is called Target. See, the reason why I love going to Target is because there's things at Target you just can't find in Canada. There is unique, distinct, delicious, creative products that you can't find in our humble provinces. But as much as I love going to the States, as much as I love finding my favorite bag of chips in the entire world, they're called Tim's Chips, the crunch is just right, the seasoning of sour cream and onion is just on point, it's so good. And they have these Reese peanut butter products you can't get in Canada, fast break, and not rageous. Oh, man, they're so good. But for as much as I love going to the States, I think sometimes I get myself too worked up about going. I know that maybe we're going to go on Saturday, and so I start thinking about it, and I start checking the flyer and seeing what's on sale, and I start in my mind, getting this expectation about what it's going to be like to go to the States. And honestly, each and every time, no matter how much I love going to the States, no matter how much I love going to Target and finding all those unique things, sometimes that experience, if not always, doesn't live up to my expectations. Usually I come home and I I decided that I've had a good time and, and it was fun, but for some reason my expectations were way up here, and they weren't met by my target experience. 
And I feel like sometimes we do this with God. That in our own minds, we've built up the way that God should be. We've placed expectations and parameters on God based on our own perspective and our own parameters and our own agendas. And in turn, we set ourselves up to see God the way we want to see God rather than the way that God actually is. And tonight as we talk about God's love, I think that we all have expectations when it comes to God. Expectations about what God's love is like, ideas about how we want it to work in our own lives. But I also think that we might not fully understand God's love for us. Because I think that if we actually understood God's love for us, that that would actually force us to change the way that we live. We would actually live differently. Because here's the point. Oh, there's Target. Here's the point. God's love will always exceed our expectations. God's love will always exceed our expectations. But the only way that God is able to blow up your expectations of his love and who he is is if you are willing to let God in, if you are willing to hear the things that he has to say to you. My first point is this, from the start. Since the creation of the world, since the dawn of time, from the very start, God has always wanted a relationship with us. At the very beginning, he created Adam and Eve. He gave them the run of the earth, the naming rights to the animals. He provided them food. He provided them shelter. Gave them a place to live. God wanted to enjoy his creation and his relationship with Adam and Eve was part of that. But somewhere in the story, Adam and Eve decided that the only rule that God gave them was more of a guideline. It wasn't something that they had to follow. And they started this pattern that's, that's kept going throughout humanity where humanity decides that they know better than God that we know how to do things on our own, that even though we've been created and placed on this earth, that we have a better judgment on what needs to happen in our own lives. And at that point, the relationship was broken between Adam and Eve and God, and God could have easily just walked away. He could have said, I did my part. I created them. I gave them everything that they needed, and they messed it up. But the fact is that God doesn't walk away. That God always exceeds our expectations. 1 John 4, 9 and 10 says this. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Catch this part. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Let me say that again. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. See, God was not content with leaving the relationship with Adam and Eve as broken. He wasn't, he wasn't content with that because he loved us so much he made plans and prepared for Jesus to get interjected into the story. Jesus, who came and took the punishment for each and every one of us that we deserved for doing things on our own, and he died on the cross So that we could once again have that relationship that God had at the beginning with Adam and Eve. Do you hear this? Do you understand this? God goes to great lengths to demonstrate his love for us whether we accept it or not. God created us. God created us with purpose and with intent. And whether we accept it or not, whether you're sitting here tonight and thinking about God for the first time or for the hundredth time, 
God goes to great lengths to demonstrate his love for each and every one of us. The reality is that God is not faithful because you and I have done something or not done something. Or because, because we were able to live up to some certain standard. No, he lo- loves us in spite of us. He loves us in spite of all the mess that we get ourselves in. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. We'll talk about real love for a second. We all have a definition of love. We can think about songs that talk about love. We can talk about movies that show love and they're all romantic and all that stuff. Maybe some of the cheesy Christmas movies that I talked about last week and their weird plot lines. Love has varying degrees, comes in different forms, has different ways to show love to one another. We even use the word love to talk about songs or movies or places or even food. We talk about love in all different kinds of contexts. But when it comes to love, love is not just a characteristic of God. No, 1 John 4, 8, right before the two verses we just read, it says that God is love. Not that it's part of him, not that it's something that he does, but God is love. If any of you have been to a wedding at any point in your life, you've probably heard this passage I'm about to read right now. Okay, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8. It says this, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Now, it's nice to read this passage. It talks about love. It gives us a really good uh, kind of framework for what love is. That's the reason why it's repeated a lot at weddings, because most people that get married want to set a really good foundation for their marriage. And so uh, reading a verse like this gives them a clear, a clear framework. But if 1 John 4, 8 is true, if God is love, then every other verse in the Bible that talks about the fact that God is love, or talks about love, describes God. Look at this verse a little bit differently. God is patient. Man, I love that part. Because even for me, I mess up. I do things that I shouldn't do. And I'm so glad that I have a God that is patient with me. That isn't ready to just leave me because I've done something stupid or I've messed up. God is kind. God does not envy. does not boast. God is not proud. God does not dishonor others. God is not self-seeking. God is not easily angered. God keeps no record of wrongs. God is not worried with all the stuff you are doing or you have done. God is worried about whether we are going to ask him to to live with us, to, to, to be a part of our lives. He's not worried about hanging things over your head that you've done and making you feel guilty for the things that you've done. No, God keeps no record of wrongs. God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. God always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. God never fails. 
In a world where we can so easily fail one another, when the people that we care about can fail us, when the things that we put our hope in can fail us, isn't it, I was going to say nice, but nice doesn't even start to cut it, isn't it so wonderful that God never fails? God is love, and real love exceeds our expectations. So it comes down to this, receive or reject. God is love. God wants a relationship with you. God sent Jesus to die on the cross for you so that we could have that relationship. He wants to be a part of your days and your decisions and your choices and the rhythms of your day and the joys and the pain and the good and the bad when things get tough. But let me be clear that there's no middle ground here. We would love to just sit on the fence and be like, well, I'm not for God and I'm not against God. No, there is no middle ground. You're either for or against. You're with or without. You're on one side or the other. Either you're on a trajectory towards God or you're on a trajectory away from God. And that's what it comes down to. See, God has no more cards to play. Like I talked last week, God is the kid in the middle of the room when you're playing hide and seek saying, I'm right here. Come and find me. God doesn't have any more cards. He's not waiting to show you something that he's kept hidden. He has shown you everything he has, everything that he's about, everything that he is. So here's the question for you tonight. How will you respond to a loving God who is willing to move heaven and earth for a relationship with you, who wasn't content to keep a relationship broken, but is coming after you, is standing in the middle of the room saying, look at me who is doing things around you constantly and wants you to just be aware and to let him in. So tonight, maybe you're hearing this for the first time. Maybe you're hearing all about the fact that God loves you for the very first time. Maybe you might, you, you might be wrestling with this whole idea of if there even is a God, but maybe tonight is the night that you are going to allow him to start working in your life, to see where God might fit into this life that you've carved out for yourself. Tonight can be the night that you decide to choose, you choose or decide to follow him. To let Jesus into your life. To accept that Jesus died on the cross so that you can take full advantage of the love that far exceeds, exceeds our expectations. Maybe tonight you're someone who's been a Christian for a while. Maybe you gave your life to Christ a few years ago or when you were a little kid like I did. And maybe tonight's the night where you decide that you're going to stop keeping God out of, out of different aspects of your life, but you're going to let him in. Maybe tonight is the night where you stop keeping God at arm's length and just going to him when things are bad or tough, and you're going to let him in to every decision, every relationship, every part of your life. But maybe tonight you're on track. Maybe you have a really good relationship with God, and I don't want you to feel like there's some decision to be made for you. Maybe you just need to be encouraged in the things that you've been doing already. In a moment, we're going we're gonna to listen to a song that really sums up the things that I've been talking about tonight. The, the words are just so great. But I'm going to ask you in a moment to move and find a spot in the sanctuary so you're not right by your friend. You're not going to be easily distracted. For those of you that don't want to listen to the song, I just encourage you to be quiet and let those that want to listen, listen. It's only a few minutes long. But as we we listen to this song, just take a few minutes to think about where you're at with God. 
Are you someone that needs to ask him into your life for the very first time? Are you someone tonight that just needs to decide to get serious about the commitment that you've made? Or maybe you need to be encouraged with, with what you've already been doing, with the relationship that you do have with God. So I'm going to pray, and then we will listen to this song. God, we just thank you for this evening. God, I thank you for how much you love us and you care for us. And that it's no secret that you've kept nothing hidden from us. But we have to be willing to see the things that you want to do in our lives. The love that you have for us. The lengths that you will go to fight to have a relationship with us. God, but it means giving up some, some, some of our own worries or distrust and allowing you to come in and work. God, I just pray that, that you would help us to, to see that love. And God, some of us here tonight might not be ready to just be all in, but, but will we start a conversation about what that looks like for you to be a part of our lives? Would you help us to get serious about, about these things? That you are for us, not against us. That you're not trying to guilt us into something. You're keeping no record of wrongs. You're patient with us. But that you never fail us, God. Would you just use the words of this song tonight to just, just speak to us again. Speak to us the things that we've been talking about tonight. And may we just listen with open hearts and open minds. In your name, amen.